Greetings, leaders, and welcome to another episode of Leadership Is Podcast. I am your host, Jason Muhammad, founder of JM Leadership Development. This is Season 2, Episode 15. Today's discussion, we're talking about leadership identity. In today's world, there are many leadership styles. However, how many leaders have truly identified their authentic leadership identity? That's what we want to talk about today. Greetings, leaders. What type of leader are you? Why are you that type of leader? Have you truly identified your leadership identity? You know, if you were to Google leadership styles and leadership types, you would see that there's a list of four different types of leaders, five different, seven different, 12 different, you know, leadership styles uh, from authoritative to micromanager to team leader, you know, all of these different types of leaders. But I want you who is a leader or an inspiring leader to truly discover what is your leadership identity. You know, your identity is that which lets people know who you truly are. Of course, you have the characteristic, you have the personality. You know, many people uh, take these Meyer Briggs uh, personalities uh, test and find out what type of personalities that they have. You know, but again, you know, personality is, is only part of who you truly are. You know, character you know, is who you are. Um, but who is your authentic self? When I'm doing uh, my trainings for employees, because I, le- I, I use leadership development as an employability, uh, soft skills training as well, right? And so, <clears throat> pardon me, when I'm doing my trainings, um, I ask these four questions. You know, what is the one thing that you love to do, you do very well, and you do often, and if you can do that one thing for the rest of your life as a career or a job or your business, what is that one thing that you love to do? What is that one thing that, you know, you just have to do, right? If all of your bills and whatnot were paid, uh, what is that one true passion um, that you have as it relates to uh, you know, what you really want to do for the rest of your life as a business or a career. And once, you know, we help people to discover, you know, what that one thing is, right, that is where you will find your authenticity. And so as a leader, you truly need to find out what is your true leadership identity. Um, I read a book by Patrick Lencioni, um, and it talks about, it's, it's called The Motive. And in this book, he talks about this CEO of a security company uh, who wanted to get uh, consulting, uh, you know, of the um, uh, company that or consulting from a consulting firm that was consulting or that helped his uh, as he for as he saw them as his competitor to be successful. And so during the process of, uh, you know, this whole discussion that he was having, the moral of the book was finding out why you wanted to be a leader, why you wanted to be a leader. 
And so I'm asking this question to those of us who are aspiring leaders or even challenged leaders, right? Have found ourselves with many challenges being a leader and are having that internal discussion of, you know, whether we want to continue in being a leader, right? It's really finding out not only uh, what your leadership identity is, but why do you actually want to be a leader? Why do you think that you should be the leader in the leadership position that you're currently occupying? Um, So what type of leader are you? And, you know, why are you that type of leader? See, once you discover what type of leader and, and more importantly, why you are that type of leader, you want to see where it, you know, um, will have the most impact. And you want to look at the impact that you have on your company. You want to look at the impact that you have on your family, your finances, your wealth and your health. Right. You want to look at the results that you're going after. And more importantly, you want to look at the legacy that you plan to leave. So, you know, micromanagers or micro leaders, right, they have to be over everything. They look at everything. Um, They don't really have trust in the people that they have in different uh, departments or, you know, different positions. They don't really trust those people. So they micromanage. And then you have the autocratic, right, who makes every decision. There's no one else. It doesn't even truly weigh in, uh, you know, the decision um, process of other departments, right? He just looks at everything and just decides and makes a decision. That's somewhat of the old antiquated alpha male leader, you know, type of, uh, you know, format, right? It's called the great man theory, (laughs) Um, where, you know, you have, it's an, it's an old school term. It's an old school leadership model. One thing that, you know, we have to keep in mind in today's world that's going more remotely. And of course, with a lot of companies that have gone under and have furloughed a a great deal of their employees in this new norm that we're actually in. You know, old antiquated leadership models that are based on a time that no longer exists will not work in today's world. And so the three mindsets that I teach are adapt, innovate and connect. You know, uh, these are the mindsets that leaders must take on if they plan to uh, to stay a uh, or plan to you know, keep um, a competitive advantage in today's world. And so um, with the great man theory, with the old alpha male leadership model, you know, that is fizzing out, right? That's fizzing out, especially when it relates to millennials and then the, you know, the Gen Zers, like that model is not attractive, (laughs) Uh, to them at all. Therefore, they're really not trying to be a part of an organization or an institution um, that has uh, that top-down leadership model style um, so aggressive where it just runs people off, right? So um, the, the, the best type of leader is a servant leader. And truly, 
um, from, you know, discussions and research, there truly isn't no other type of effective leader other than a servant leader, right? Now, many people listen to the term servant leader and uh, automatically have a, you know, an inclination to think of religion. Of course, you know, there, there are servant leaders in religion as well. But even in the, uh, you know, the, the, the corporation or the corporate world, right, leaders are to serve the people. And this is one of the problems uh, in today's world that leaders um, who do not serve are faced with people abandoning ship because you're not serving the people. You're not serving those employees, right, who look to you for leadership. See, John C. Maxwell has um, the, the five levels of leadership. And the first one is, you know, the title. And so that'll only last you for so long. You know, people will follow your leadership because you have a title for so long. But then that starts to fizz off. Right. And so you got to earn, you know, that 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 um, that title uh, or you got to earn the the power that comes with having that title. And as he states, you know, and then I'll, I'll add to it. But as he states, leadership is influence. Leadership is influence, you know, but I have it as leadership is or is, which is influence and service. Right. So you don't just use your influence, but you also have to serve with your influence. So leadership is influence and service. Now, if you're going to be a servant of the people, um, you know, that's that's it. You know, that's what your purpose is. See, many leaders have not truly identified or have come to grips with their true identity as a leader or a CEO. Right. Um, I'm going to read something to you from uh, T. Renee Smith, a best-selling author who has wrote the, the book, uh, The CEO Life, a holistic blueprint to scale your business and your life. In her book, page, um, in this book, uh, page 100, right, she talks about define clarity, your br- and then she says define, then it says clarity, your brand, or clarify, pardon me, clarify your brand to avoid a split personality. And I found that so intriguing. She says, have you gotten caught up in the copycat syndrome? Are you trying to replicate another company's brand and make it appear as if it's your own? If so, your brand might have a split personality. This simply means the way in which your business is representing itself is inconsistent with who you are, your mission, and your core values. And I found that very important uh, to read and share with you because if you're having the uh, imposter syndrome, right? If 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 you find yourself as a leader trying to be uh, someone else, trying to be like someone else, don't waste your time doing that. That position is already occupied. Be the first you. They already have this person, John C. Maxwell or Patrick Lencioni. They already have you know, a Brian Tracy or a Zig Ziglar or Jim Rohn or Les Brown, those positions, those positions are already 
occupied. Be the best you that you can be, right? So that's when you are uh, strengthening um, your hold on your own identity, your authenticity as a leader. What type of leader are you? Again, the best type of leader is to be a servant. And so when you're going to be a servant, you know, there are four things that you have to look at as being a servant leader, right? The first one is, well, the first one is serve, right? You have to serve the people. And we're going to talk about that some more. Then there's trust. Then there's train. Then there's coach. So those four components is what truly makes up a servant leader. There are a lot of subcategories. There are a lot of other hard skills that, you know, you can look at too. But the core values of a servant leader, the core values of a servant leader are as they are the serve, there is trust factor, there is training, then there is coaching, right? And all of this can encompass everything else. You can go and look at all of these other subcategories of things that servant leaders do as it relates to like volunteering, right? Or philanthropy, you know, all of that is a part of the servant and, and whatnot. So, but the basic components of being a servant leader is to serve, trust, train, and coach. So when you are a servant leader and you're serving, the first question you got to ask is, who are you serving? Who are you serving? See, when you, um, as a servant leader, have embraced the mindset of being a servant leader, right? Now you have to really, uh, uh, everything that you do as it relates to your products, your services, uh, you know, your, your ideal customers and whatnot, your KPIs, even your core values, your mission, you, you got to uh, craft all of that around who you serve, right? Who you serve. The, fir the first one as a company, as a CEO, the first people that you serve are your employees. You, you may think, well, the first people that I serve is my customer. Uh, well, you, you, you know, you got to serve your employees, right? You got to make your employees happy. See, many people think, you know, well, the customer is always right. Uh, that's not true. That's an old, you know, cliche or that's, a, that's an old uh, um something to say that's based on a model that no longer exists, right? No, the customer is not always right. The customer always has a right, but the customer is not always right. See, so when your employees, right, when you're talking about that motivation, when you're talking about that employee retention, when you're talking about employee morale, when your employees see you um, supporting and just taking the word from a malicious customer, you know, because sometimes there are some customers that can be malicious who can be, um, you know, purposely trying to drive an employee to getting fired because of a disappointment or even let's say you don't know the personal relationship between that employee and that customer. And now this person is being vindictive. Even you don't know this. All you know is the customer said this and you're looking at the customer as a dollar, right? You're not looking at your employee um, 
for legacy, but you're looking at the customer as a dollar. And so therefore, you're going to take that dollar's word, <laughs> you know, you're going to take that employee's word. I mean, I'm sorry, you're going to take that customer's word over your employee. So what's your employee do? Well, if you're not going to support me and back me up, I'm going to quit. Guess what happens? There's a financial impact that um, that that takes place there once that employee quits. And we're going to talk about that some more here in just a minute. But so the first one you serve as a CEO of a company or as a leader is you serve those who follow you. You serve those who follow you. The second one is now your ideal client or customer. You serve your ideal client or customer. When we say ideal client, not just, you know, um, uh, the, the everyday, every now and again customer who may or may not buy, you know, the potential customer, not but your ideal customer, your ideal customer, you know, already has been there with you for a while, uh, gives you free advertisement through word of mouth. Right. And they're they're loyal to your company. That's your ideal customer who's going to follow your product and your services through every process of evolution has been there with you, will be there with you and will tell others to be there with you. Right. So that's your ideal customer, you know, the, the long standing ones. And then the third people that you should uh, serve are your shareholders and your investors. Your shareholders and your investors. Right. You, you should make sure that they understand. Look, um, I, I know what the objective is. I know what the expectations are. I know what our projections are. But I have to make sure that in order for us to get to these projections, in order for us to meet these objectives and the prime directives, right, I got to make sure that I serve my employees. I got to serve my ideal client, you know, before I could uh, deliver, you know, what your expectations and your goals and your your uh, th- these projections are. Right. So Velton Shaul, uh, who was my guest on my podcast um, episode 14, season two, episode 14, he talks about what he said that, um, don't sacrifice your values for profit. Don't sacrifice your values for profit. Right. And, and, and so it, it goes back to the old thing that was written, you know, in the Bible, you know, where it says, what profits a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? And so, therefore, it's the same way with a company. What profits a CEO to gain all of the money but lose your identity, lose who you are as a leader? You got some money, but how do people think of you? Let's think of like Henry Ford, for instance, how, you know, he was great. But then all of a sudden, you know, something was happening to where you know, the vehicle, you, you, you kind of got to read Henry Ford's story, right? Great leader, um, but again, something happened. And so, you know, in, in, in other words, uh, the, the company started to decline and someone else had to come and take over the company, help the company because, you know, his vision was stuck in a time warp, right? And, and so, therefore, he could not continue to serve um, the, the, the company and the people and, and the employees 
um, as they deserve, right? And, and so, but again, go back and read the entire story for yourself, okay? Uh, dealing with uh, Henry Ford. So again, uh, who you serve are the employees, your ideal client, your shareholders. Then number two, there's the trust factor. You know, you got to have trust in your employees. You got to have trust in your leadership team, right? And this trust, what does trust do? It empowers, right? It empowers those that you trust, that they can make some decisions, that they can give some directions as it relates to the company is concerned. And then, of course, but those that you trust got to be competent. They have to be competent, <laughs> right? They have to be competent. And then the third part is, you know, there's the influence, right? So trust is influential. And then, of course, it produces team synergy. It produces team synergy. When you have a company, right, where your employees are empowered, they are competent, they're influential. What we mean by influential is simply, remember, leadership is influence. Leadership is influence and service. So when you have people that are in your company uh, that are influential, they know how to negotiate. They know how to talk. They know how to attract other business. They know how to attract, uh, you know, um, uh, buy-in, right, with certain, uh, with certain KPI components within your company. They know how to attract that buy-in, okay? And so now the third component is training. You have to train your employees, right? And you, the first part of training uh, your people is by example, by example. This example produces influence. The second part of training is in your communication. It's in your communication. What you say, how you say it, who you say it to, right? Then the third component of your uh, training is you got to have your people trained in the policies, the culture, uh, and the expectations of the company. They got to be trained on that, right? Then the fourth part is they got to be trained on the systems that are set in place um, to regulate, uh, you know, the policies, the cultures, and, and the expectations. Got to be trained on that. And then the fourth component is you got to coach. You got to coach, right? 34% of new managers said they received any type of coaching, mentoring, and training. 75% of the reason why people quit their jobs is because of the manager. So there's a, two, there's a split pro problem right there, right? That problem is, uh, number one, that you have, you know, as uh, Gallup says and in their book, it's the manager that, you know, people promote the wrong talent match into leadership positions 82% of the time. Right. So you're promoting the wrong person into a leadership position 82 percent of the time or into a key position in your company 82 percent of the time. And what and so in that person that you're promoting into that leadership position, you know, only 34 percent of them are saying that they have received any type of mentoring or coaching. Right. So you're looking at 66 percent of managers team leaders, frontline leaders who have not received any type of coaching, 
mentoring or training. So it reminds me of a conversation that I had, uh, not I had, but I heard or read about between a CEO and a COO of a company where the COO asked the CEO, well, what if we train these people into all of these skills and they decide to leave? The CEO says, well, what if we don't train them and they decide to stay? So you truly have to look at the impact of, you know, how this, what this is having on your company. Look in your company right now. Do you have a, a, a bench program? Uh, what I mean by bench is a leadership development succession program within your company right now. If you could look in your company right now, whether this is an employee listening to this podcast or a CEO or leader listening to this podcast, look in your company. What leadership development program do they have before they put people into leadership positions? If they don't, then they're just taking a shot in the dark. They're just hoping that you'll know what to do once you get into this leadership position, which means that they're not really willing to invest right into you um, as you get into these leadership positions or to, to put you into this leadership position. They just say, uh, the perk package is so good. You know, you get free, you, you get a better parking spot, bumping your raise. You get to be, uh, have this title and be over people. And that's so attractive that where, you know, you say, well, yeah, I, I like to do that. And you were doing such a good job as a salesperson or as a floor, you know, a productive person in a warehouse or in a uh, plant somewhere. You're doing such a great job. They say, well, you're a high performer. Maybe we can put you in here and have you as a leader to, to help others. But there are certain components that you have to have in order to be a leader over people. Right. And so, of course, you know, when you're going to what leadership is right, 26 percent of great leaders are born or, you know, is innate of leadership ability. Right. Twenty six percent of great leadership ability is innate or born. Where do you see that at? You see that on a playground with some of the children. You know, you ever been at school and that one child, you may have been that one child that organized all the rest of the children, you know, to play games and to do this and to do that, right? But then the other 74% of great leadership can be taught, can be trained, right? So again, you have to coach. You have to be a coach. You have to coach your people, right? And what are you coaching them? You're coaching them on the mindset. You're coaching them on the mindset. And then you're also coaching them on what they have been trained. You can't just train them and then just throw them out there. No, you got to look at them. See, if you're truly a leader who's interested in the growth and development of your organization and your people, you're going to pay attention. And you're going to monitor the growth and development of your people. You're going to set up, you know, uh, feedback or as I've heard from a couple of great, great uh, instructional leaders, uh, Sherry Therese and Jackie Stavros of the SOAR and conversations worth having. They talk about this thing. This model is called feed forward. Right. So you want to feed forward. You want people to go forward in the information uh, and the evaluations that you're giving them. You want people to go forward. So if you're going to be a servant leader, you got to serve. There's trust, train, and coach, right? 
with those four components. Now, the other part to this is that, you know, you have to look at, okay, how does this, you know, what is the impact of not uh, serving your people? This, we're still talking about what is your leadership identity? What is the impact of not serving your people? Well, it affects your company in three ways. The first wave, the first level is it affects your culture, employee retention, and it affects your company financially. The second level is that level, the first level affects the second level, which is your product and services, your ideal client, and your shareholders and investors. And ultimately, what it does is it destroys your name or your brand, your reputation, and then it threatens your legacy as being a great leader. So, you have to first, we have to, as leaders, find our true authentic leadership identity and the best leadership identity to have is the servant leader once we embrace being a servant leader when we can serve inspire trust where we train and coach our employees or those who follow us we can then solidify our leadership legacy. Are you promoting the right people into leadership positions? How do you know? How do you measure the outcome you're looking for? Listen, let us help you. Please visit www.jmleadershipdevelopment.com and request a half-hour conversation so we can help you with all of your leadership development needs. Oh, always remember, leadership is influence and service.